0: Welcome back to There's a Startup for That podcast, powered by CoCubed, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of collaboration and innovation at corporates, celebrating awesome partnerships. You're here with me, Neil, and my colleague, Mark. Hey. And we will be your hosts today.
1: Yes, we'll be your hosts. And we're back with a bang. Um, We're going to be talking about all things corporate innovation, touching on the model of corporate venture clienting and how corporates can utilize their open innovation toolbox in the current startup ecosystem. Now, you might be wondering, what on earth have I just said? What is corporate venturing, clienting? What is an open innovation toolbox? Well, we have the best person joining us today to talk us through all that we have just mentioned. So let's welcome Christian Hudenhain, Venture Client Advisor and Co-Founder of OpenBosch. The Venturing Clienting Unit within Bosch Ventures. Welcome, Christian.
2: Thank you very much for the invitation.
1: Great to great to have you here. Now, Christian, I know we said I, I've got a fact about you, Christian, which is we could do this podcast potentially in three different languages. Um, English, German, and Japanese. I mean I probably wouldn't be able to contribute in two of those, but no. <laughs> that's right. You can Hi. speak German and Japanese and English, of
2: course. What is it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you,
1: you were in japan right for for a, f- a few years is that right yes. a, within your bosch journey
2: yes i, I studied at keio university and i and i worked for bosch in in shibuya tokyo mm. oh.
1: yes, i love i love japan very nice that's awesome and and where are you right now christian i'm in frankfurt frankfurt. frankfurt okay awesome and just help set the context set the scene what does a day in the life of of christian look like right now
2: a day, on a life. so yesterday I arrived from a um, from a conference. I was uh, giving a keynote at a um, at a conference, and uh, today is a Friday. It's a it's an uh, office day. Lots of administrational stuff, mails, uh, and 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 talking to the teams, and yeah, various stuff on in the um, in the world of an advisor
1: for venture client units. Okay, awesome. Well, I know we want to use this time to, to dig into your brain, to, to open up what these terms mean, to, to jump into your story. So I'll hand over to Neil to, to guide us through that.
0: Awesome. Um, Yeah, great to have you with us, Christian. I think um, a good place to start would perhaps be a bit of a quick introduction. You have given us a little bit of a slice into your um, work experience in terms of you being at Open Bosch in Tokyo. Um, But it would be great to hear a little bit more about um, what you're currently doing and your experience in the past.
2: Yeah, so uh, I was working for Bosch fifteen years in uh, different business units: security systems, uh, power tools, uh, um, industrial technology consulting, and Bosch Ventures. Um, uh, my background is East Asian business studies. I worked for Bosch in Japan um, uh, and in China, and um, I uh, within the last section at, at Bosch, I, I worked for Bosch Ventures and was responsible for the ramp up of Open Bosch, the venture client unit of the Bosch Group. I did that until um, end of June. And since 1st of July, since this year, um, I'm a free independent consultant um, helping corporates to increase speed of transformation and innovation efficiency. I Mm. think that we desperately need, the the European uh, economy uh, corporations desperately need speed of transformation and innovation efficiency. Now with raising interest rates, and uh, uh, budgets cut. I think it's it's really important to to have a lean way of innovating. Uh, the 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 title of the conference I was attending um, yesterday was uh, "Innovate or Die." Okay. I think that is a, wow. that is a very, very very nice statement. Great for, title for, of the of the section we're in right now, the time we're in. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, yeah,
0: that's such a great title. Love it.
2: So uh, um, maybe uh, a little bit more on my background, I was introduced as corporate startup DJ because uh, I I know the corporate world, right? (laughs) 15 years for Bosch, but I also know the startup world. I founded startups myself. I thought my third third startup September last year. And I know how it is um, being in the shoes of a corporate trying to innovate the organization. As well as being the founder of a, or being the CEO of a of a company, uh, trying to win a big corporate as a customer, and I, I know both roles. And I'm, what my mm. what I'm trying to do is to bring them on the on the same rhythm.
0: Mm. That is
2: basically why I like the the image of corporate startup DJ.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love it. A corporate um, startup DJ, um, kind of mixing all the tracks it's together, just- <laughs> and. Before we jump into, you know, the things you mentioned, like helping corporates increase the speed of efficiency, leading the way of innovation and and, and helping them innovate, um, I thought we would zoom out a little bit more and understand, you know, from your experience as founders of startup and, and from being in the ecosystem for such a long time, what are the changes you're currently seeing in the startup ecosystem and, you know, what you saw over the past years? Yeah, i would be keen to hear your your thought on that.
2: Yes. So from my perspective, in the last decade, um, the way corporates innovate changed a lot. It changed mm-hmm. dramatically. I have a, a study that from MIT that they were interviewing 500 big corporates and uh, asked them, hey, what are the sources for your uh, innovation? And those corporates, uh, in the, the majority of those corporates answered in the past, it has been R&D and our associates and also suppliers. Today, Those are the startups. The startups are not only a growing source, they are for some corporates even the biggest source of, um, for innovation and competitiveness. Mm. And why is that? Why is that actually? So the first reason, I think there are three reasons. The first reason is technology change. You all know that, right? So it became quite cheap and easy to to found a startup um, and and where we in the 1990s uh, still needed a a, a million uh, lots of uh, budget to set up servers to to code software to hire people and stuff today Mm -hmm. startups can make use of a lot of existing stuff right open source horizontal scaling now we have chat gpt right Mm -hmm. so the the technology change is driving uh, this uh, startup force a lot and um, that's number one number two is the macroeconomic drivers had a huge impact, uh, on, on innovation of corporates in the last decade. We are coming now out, uh, out of the decade of the cheap money, right? Interest rates have been low. Money has been cheap and capital was ro- moving to riskier assets and startups as one form of risky assets have been flooded with money. I have a chart in, um, uh, on my, um, keynote slides where I'm where I show the um, the budget the development of the corporates, which are basically stable, and the VC volumes. You know, 2021, mm-hmm. VC volumes have been going through the roof. The first quarter, 2021, has been bigger than the whole year 2017. And uh, startups have been flooded with money. And if you consider startups to be a pure innovation, right, mm-hmm. because... Mostly, they don't have any organizational fad like like corporates have. They're they're very lean. Um, then you can say, okay, startups have more budget for transformational innovation than corporates, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're pure innovation. That is that is the second driver. And the third driver, um, b- beside the macroeconomics and the technology change, are the is the new work and the the changes in the working world. Um, mm-hmm. The way corporates innovate changed a lot, right? So. Um, you have not only different ways of working. You work more remotely, but also startups offer a value-driven and process-free and and uh, ambiguity-tolerant uh, way of working. Mm. They have less processes than corporates and. And um, innovation more and more takes place in in startups and lots of corporates struggle to be innovate right The corporates are mostly talking about organizational ambidexterity right you you know the term uh, uh how on on the one hand can i uh produce highly standardized and serve my customers highly efficiently on the one hand and on the other hand, how can I uh disrupt my own business every once in a while creatively innovatively, and mostly corporates are not able to do that at the same time not because they're stupid but because of their responsibility to existing customers and associates they cannot take risky bets mm. operates cannot take risky bets they need the startups for that because the startups have the risky bet in their dna they they are set up for risky bets and their their founders um, are incentivized to to make risky bets and uh, uh, like 95% of startups die, and five are, are successful. And uh, this mm. works well for the startups. The corporates cannot take those risky bets. So, um, coming back to the the change of the last decade in the in the corporate world, the innovation game changed dramatically due to mm. the uh, technology change, to the macroeconomic drivers, to the to the change in the working world. Um, corporates need more and more more than before startups to innovate.
1: I mean, you've got your finger on the pulse for yes. the state of the nation for corporates. I think, you know, the, the tech explosion of changes, yes. um, even in the, what we've experienced in the last, uh, you know, six months mm. um, since ChatGPT went you know, public and the interface yes. of that. And suddenly colleagues could see across the corporate world, um, oh, wait, this is the interface of what AI, this, this emerging technology can do for us and can do for our company and but yes. as you said you know ways of working and um and the macro trends yeah you you you've got this state of the nation i think it's an interesting segue to to look at okay did this feed itself into open bosch like what what was the what was the yes. making of open bosch? T- talk us through how yeah. that started and and why well, you started that
2: to get a good understanding of open bosch we need to uh, see the effects those macro trends mm. uh, the cheap money technology change in the new working world had on Bosch. The first effect was um, Bosch had to review their opinion of startups, of top startups. Um, when I, 2018, asked a, a plant manager of Bosch, Hey, what's the startup? He, he said, yeah, that's a 20 year old IT informatic student who likes to code and has a business idea now. But that's not my image of a top startup, right? I mean, top startups are experienced founders. They have a long history in one domain in one function in one industry. They have identified a pain point, right? And are very passionate and, and, and motivated to, to solve this, uh, pain point and, they're mostly heavily funded. I know startups out there um, that uh, have um, 15, 20 associates raise a series A and raise uh, six-digit million sums. Right, so with um, I'm, I'm, I'm um, one of the examples I, I often give is, is StoreDot. Um, I don't want to advocate for that startup, but I, I really like it. It's a, an Israeli company that makes quickly loading batteries. They raised. They're founded 2012, 2015. They raised a Series A where they had 15 associates, roughly uh, with 120 million. Which wow. wash department with 10 or 15 associates? Has 120 million to develop one product, right? So the relation between mm-hmm. capital and resource availability on the one hand, to business focus on the other hand, is totally flipped. Within the top startups, it's not anymore like, oh, we are big Bosch and this little startup. No, it's on eye level. We are meeting top startups. Mm. And Bosch is meeting top startups on eye level. And that was the first effect it had, uh, th- Those the, the, the trends of the startup ecosystem had on, on big corporates like Bosch. We had to review our opinion of startups. Number two is we also had to review external venture capital, which is actually internal r&d spending that bosch does not have to raise to make use of those solutions right external venture capital is internal corporate r&d budget that you can leverage that you can use without spending it and um that that's a really an interview uh, um because many corporates for example bosch is a very traditional engineering company very proud huge r&d budget Mm -hmm. Uh, Seven billion every year—that's a lot. It's still it's peanuts against the startup ecosystem, and um, so Bosch really had to review the the uh, the, um, the perspective of, of uh, venture capital, which is actually Bosch money. We can uh, Bosch can use, right? Mm. Effect number two, and the last effect, Bosch had to learn to become an easy client. Right. When 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 Bosch people wanted to meet a startup, they ran in a minibus and drove 16 engineers and five lawyers to the startup CEO to assess risks. Right. That's not <laughs> the way how you engage in a, in a partnership quickly. And uh, w- what does it mean becoming an easy client? An easy client is a is a, a a person that exactly understands their own problem, their own pain point, that has the evaluation competence to identify a better solution, right? So this startup has a great solution that helps me and that startup does not really help me. And that has commitment um, to solve it. Commitment in corporate terms is budget and resources. Um, It has commitment to solve it and acts quickly. And with quickly, I mean an NDA in two hours and ordering a solution overnight. That is the speed I'm talking about. And um, so the, the the effects and the, the changes of the startup ecosystem with the technology change, with the macroeconomic drivers, with the new work, changed the way we uh, corporates innovate. Mm. And also to learn, we had to review our image of top startups. We had to treat venture capital as internal R&D budget. And we had to uh, develop a process that makes it easy for the corporate organization to be a client and to partner with startups uh, quickly. Mm -hmm. So this is basically the the setup in 2017, 2018, when uh, Bosch Ventures decided to establish a new process. Mm. And um, uh, at that time, we we analyzed the market to identify a more lean process and reviewed the performance of the venture capital. Uh, Bosch Ventures at that time had... Um, it was a successful performing CVC, right? Very successful in buying and selling shares of startups, mm-hmm. um, has not been too successful in terms of integrating great solutions in the organization. Mm. Because the capital process is not designed to organize the implementation of startup solutions within the corporate Right? Yeah, it's an investor process. And it's still important as an early warning system because it's pushing startups to the organization, but it's it's really poor in organizing this pull. So mm-hmm. at the end, we um, open borges a venture client unit, and the core of venture clienting is to organize the pull of the organization, having a um, establishing step by step a team that is reviewing r&d budgets that is reviewing the strategic search fields and really identifying the pain points talking to the other organization and understanding what if you don't get solved mm. right because corporates are mostly very good at taking 100 million and 100 people and developing something for 5 years that you can buy for 10,000 euro at that startup over there today yeah. And to uh, prevent the organization of inventing the wheel again, you mm. need this ambassador of the startup ecosystem within the organization, within the business unit. And mm. This is what we uh, tried to establish. Um, we added a, a very lean process to that. The venture clienting process has seven to five phases. Uh, the the process is, uh, depending on the corporate, a very... Um, quick process by uh, starting with some kind of a discover phase or activating phase where you try to understand, okay, what is the corporate really looking for, right? We we are talking here about no limitation on any function, right? This can be Mm. process innovation in indirect areas. This can be um, a product innovation uh, in in, in customer facing areas. This can be business model innovation. There are startups for everything, right? Um, And top startups for everything. So, um, uh, the first thing is about pulling the the pain point uh, then making a landscape and, and 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 identifying the startups that have a dedicated solution for this problem that mm. have a, have a great solution for this demand and then testing it in a 4 to 6 month uh, a pilot and and cutting it after a certain time to to uh, um, keep up the speed and then transferring what works after mm. the pilot handing over to the business unit the solutions that work um that is at the end uh, venture clienting uh, for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean you've painted a picture here Christian which feels a no-brainer for any corporate leader who's listening to this to to go after especially with you know a, a massive R&D budget and looking at wow this could really decentralize that and unlock you know great innovation faster um cheaper. What why why do you think yeah. that yeah why do you think there's resistance maybe or, or what was the secret yeah. ingredient for for openbosch to work what's what's your argument to yeah. to corporates well, who say we're not we're not going down this this road
2: i think uh, one of the success factors of of openbosch uh, was um, top management backing right mm-hmm. um, if you want to convince corporate people don't start with good arguments that doesn't help <laughs> Either bring the, the biggest client. Or the biggest competitor or you convince your own ceo to to bring the biggest client and the biggest competitor that is moving the needle mostly right mm. so uh, we that was a luxury situation at bosch we we directly had top management support the, the management understood the the benefit and the potential that the startup ecosystem offers the corporate immediately and that was um that was a support um Size obviously matters, right? If you already have a venture arm, if you ha- already have lots of startup functions, let's let's call it the startup toolbox, um, then you have a certain startup affinity within the corporate, and then it is easier than if you're a small, um, if you let's say if you're an SME, small and medium-sized enterprise, and you're not dealing with startups at all, then it's probably more difficult. Bosch has four hundred thousand employees, businesses and very. Uh, in various uh, industries, uh, also market leader. That's why it was uh, quite easy uh, to to get started, at least. And um, I think one of the the main success drivers is Open Bosch. The venture client unit was set up as an internal service provider, not a governance function, not like something. Hey, you have to do. It is it is just an offering, bringing budget and capacity to the business unit to mm-hmm. open the startup ecosystem right mm-hmm. because that is really convincing mostly the business units um they they have smart people that say hey that's great technology we understand that but we don't have the time to do it now can you can you come back in 2 years and that's not really helping to move the needle mm. but you have an internal service provider that says hey, um let me take a look if what you're trying to develop here there's maybe already startup for that can I like like your podcast is called there's a startup for that can I, can I open that and I'm adding budget and capacity to your problem mm. that's really convincing right mm. so it needs to be the commitment of um uh, having budget and capacity and resources to really um uh, specifically to this demand not in the push but in the pull mm. um add uh, at this uh, then it then it's can be really successful and can can uh, bring up the speed that is necessary um uh, to add things and then the, the number three is openness of the colleagues from legal purchasing it um to join in mm. right because th- those guys can be the the showstopper
0: mm-hmm. if uh,
2: um, if there is an internal blame game, right? right like this: Oh, purchasing—they're so slow. Oh no, legal—they're so difficult. And you—you you need to get out of the blame game. Mostly, uh, everybody is stuck in the roles, and you often hear the corporate colleagues saying, "I—I—I I totally agree with you, but it doesn't fit my corporate standards. I have a—I have a process handbook here, and that mm-hmm. doesn't—what what are what saying? Doesn't fit my process." If you get out of this process and really see, okay, what do we need to do to get this speed? Because we know the competitors have those speed two two hours for an NDA, uh, quotation overnight. Um, what do we need to do? And if you find a, a process uh, to to become startup ready uh, together with legal, purchasing, and IT. Th- that is uh, that is a success factor that really gets gets you going
0: oh, those are those are really, really interesting factors as well, like top management support, um size, you know already already dealing with the startups and startup affinity and also um creating that pool instead of being uh, instead of pushing. And I think what we heard a lot from our corporate leaders that we work with is, all of those things that are preventing them from from really innovating and pushing the efficiency, um, to procurement and being able to move as fast as the startups are something that we heard quite a lot. Um, you did mention a little bit about when you talk about the startup affinity in terms of the startup toolbox, and I thought that's really interesting, and also what we mentioned yeah. earlier in in the in the setup of this podcast as well. Would you be able to explain what you mean by toolbox?
2: Yes, yes. So. Uh, big corporates mostly have a toolbox of startup innovation formats. In this toolbox, they have m a venture capital, venture clienting, venture building, incubation, acceleration, hackathons, co-working, shared services, trend scouting, landscaping. I don't know. There's so many tools. You know all them and you know even mm-hmm. uh, more. And all of those tools are legitimate. All of them are, are fine. I don't want to blame any tool. All of those tools have advantages and disadvantages, but mostly the corporates lack the overview and the experience in choosing the right tool. Mm. I met corporates who said, we want to develop products. That's why we do hackathons. What? No. <laughs> hackathons are a recruiting tool. If you want to do, you meet talent over there. If you want to develop products, um, that are rooted in the business unit that are connected with the existing organizational structures, don't do hackathons. Mm. Or I met corporates who said, um, We want to become more innovative, that's why we do uh, venture capital. What no venture capital is a very profitable business if you have the budget and the volume to uh, to manage this risk and portfolio play right. So you mm. you, you do a hundred deals per year and and ninety three are are uh, dead early and and five are cash and two are paying the whole fund right. This portfolio play that is great. But if you're an SME with uh, five million doing three deals per year don't do venture capital to become more innovative. There must much, much more leaner and more cost-efficient processes for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and having the a good understanding of the use case, what are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. And then having the experience of which tool is going to bring me there, right? So, mm-hmm. if you want to put a nail into the wall, don't take the screwdriver, take the hammer for that, right? Mm-hmm. And mostly, um, mo- many corporates are missing like a, Chief startup officer, some, someone who knows all the tools and who's sitting at a, at a certain central function and who has on a use case base, uh, offering the, who's offering the support, helping to choose the tool and, and to, to guide the organization. Okay. For, uh, for minimal invasive uh, mm-hmm. transformation, we take venture clienting to innovate over here and over here and over here and over here. And, over here. and for the $10 billion uh, product, we're um, we gonna uh, uh, look at m a or, or mm. we dive into venture building right to to have a central function that is taking the use cases reviewing it and offering support in choosing the right tool this is what i what i mean with um with toolboxing mm. and um, um, i have a certain um let's say yeah parameters and and, 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 and um uh, decision models that help me mm. To, to choose the right tool. And uh, uh, I think, yeah, that most of the corporates are lacking those decision, mm-hmm. And maybe the last one, one of the biggest, uh, most important tool is the telescope. Uh, mm-hmm. What I mean, landscaping, right? So um, just by watching the, the market flows, where are mm-hmm. startups founded, which technologies are startups founded, where are investors making their bets, where mm-hmm. do the investments go, you can model the markets of the next three years, right? Mm. You, can, you can see how your industry is going to look like in the next three years. And mm. in this sense, the startup ecosystem is a telescope into the future. And if the corporates don't use this telescope, they have a strategic disadvantage.
0: Mm. This,
2: uh, this is uh, one of the lessons learned I really painfully learned. Um, <laughs> and um, this is what I what I mean with, this, with the corporate uh, toolbox, right?
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because um, when we think of landscaping, you know, th- there's a lot of ways you can look at landscaping, whether you look at macroeconomic trends or something like that. But I think the recent uh, kind of practice that are emerging is using startups to look at the future. So letting startups tell you where the future could go, um, because obviously they're at the forefront. Um, so that's really interesting. And I think it goes back to, you know, like the, the first section that we talked about in terms of the technology changes, macroeconomic drivers and the changes in the in the working world. Um. so thinking of all those three, do you see like a shift in the toolbox? Like are there certain tools that corporates are using a little bit more? Um. yeah, where are the toolbox at?
2: Yes. So um Again, on the one hand, I don't want to blame any tool. All the tools are legitimate. On the other hand, looking at the macroeconomic environment with um, rising interest rates Mm. and and, uh, uh, cut budgets, um, I think it's about lean and cost-efficient tools. Mm. Um, And for that, I'm I'm, I'm referring back to venture clienting because um, the budget for venture clienting necessary is smaller than mostly uh, some corporate spend on one single venture capital deal, right? It's really lean and cost-efficient um, uh, naming a person within the organization who is taking the role of this venture client manager, uh, raising the leads, uh, raising the, the pain points of the organization, matching that with external startups, testing a st- startup um, without buying it, right? So the philosophy is if you want to use an iPhone, why why do you buy an Apple stock? Uh, b- buy an iPhone, right? So um, uh, this is a very lean and cost-efficient way to innovate, and and uh, leveraging external investors' money, your external uh, R and D budget, bringing in is a is a lean and cost-efficient way to do it. That's why I would say all tools are le- legitimate, mm. but currently venture clienting is probably the tool to choose to bring in um, great impulses of the startup ecosystem.
0: Yeah, it could be a powerful tool as well. Less risk than um, if you were to build, putting a lot of money into building something that, that you don't know if it's going to work or not. So um, awesome. So we're coming towards an end of our podcast. Um, and we always end our podcast with this one question. Um, if you could give a piece of advice to corporate innovation leaders out there, What would be your one advice on how to make that ventures or open innovation function a hero within that corporate?
2: I would refer back to what we said before. Establish a central um, head of startup management Mm -hmm. uh, function that is having an overview of the corporate venturing toolbox and that is helping to choose the right tool and that is also supporting of uh, using the tool proficiently. I think this could be a change. In
0: mm-hmm.
2: the, uh, for the corporates.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. The chief startup officer. I think that <laughs> that could be a, a new role. And yeah, <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Christian, for joining us today. Um, listeners, let us know what you think about the story um, via our social media channels. And you can find us at CoCubed on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.